It has stood the test of time. God's book, the Bible, still relevant in today's complex world. It is written, sharing messages of hope around the world. Thank you for watching It Is Written. We are in the midst of a series on mental health, specifically on depression. You know, depression is something that 400 million people worldwide suffer from, but it's a subject not often talked about because people feel embarrassed. But here at It Is Written, we're committed to bringing hope and wholeness and unveiling the mask of embarrassment from depression and learning that there is actually a way out, practical everyday steps that can lead to peace and joy and coming out of that depression. I am so happy to have with me again, Dr. Neil Nedley. It's great being here, Chris. Dr. Nedley, you have been a physician for 27 years. Uh, internal medicine is your specialty, but within that specialty, mental health. You've been yes. treating people, scores and scores and scores of people, and you've actually seen people come out of depression and actually have total reversal from depression. That's actually the norm when they come through our program. It's not, not an aberrancy. <laughs> and that is, you know, it is so good to hear. In one of our previous programs, and to our viewer, if you've missed one of these programs, you can go to our YouTube channel, youtube.com forward slash IIW Canada, and you can view the archives there. But Dr. Nedley, in one of our previous shows, we talked about medication for depression. And just remind me, what are the statistics of people that see complete reversal of depression by taking medication? It's usually around 20%. Uh, some studies show about 28%. So it's a significant minority that are actually remitted uh, by medicine alone. So 20 to 28%, right around one quarter of those patients actually see reversal in depression. And I know I ask you this question a little tongue in cheek, but if I would go to an ophthalmologist and he was successful in performing LASIK correctional surgery only 25% of the time, uh, how long would that doctor be practicing? Not very long. And uh, that's why uh, even the medical community recently has finally caught up with the fact by virtue of that nature issue in November 2014 when they dedicated an entire issue to depression. They mentioned that we're not doing well in treating this disease and they called for more research to get back to the drawing board because we're actually doing far better with cancer than we are with depression. So you have far better chances of being cured of cancer than you have of recovering from depression through traditional means of using medication for that depression. That's correct. We've been in this series, Depression, the way out. There is a way out, and there are some very practical steps that we've already covered. Now, in our last program, we were talking about stress and anxiety. And just as a point of review, what is stress? What is anxiety? How are they related to one another? Well, stress we all have. These are things that, um, you know, deadlines, 
Um, you know, heat, cold, uh, there's all sorts of stressors, relationship stressors. Uh, but anxiety is when stress is out of control. And that's when you actually get uh, more fear, doom and gloom, tingling. You can get gastrointestinal problems of nausea, diarrhea. You can get headaches. You can get chest pain, mm. shortness of breath, all sorts of symptoms from anxiety. And that's when we actually have to go back to the drawing board to improve brain chemistry and improve the way we're coping. And then anxiety can also be cured. And stress and anxiety, how are they related to depression? Well, they tend to go with depression. An anxious person will tend to have depression and a depressed person will have at least some level of anxiety the majority of the time. Now you can get isolated anxiety and isolated depression, sure. but that's not as common. Most of the time there's some overlap there. Okay, so stress is what we feel from a stressor and as we feel that stress, it can cause anxiety, and then that anxiety can actually lead to depression or be a part of our anxiety actually having depression. Mm -hmm. So it's my understanding that the first step in finding relief to stress is identifying the stressor. That's correct. How does one go about identifying the stressor? Well, we'll have people just list their top 10 stressors. These are the things in their life that they think are causing them the most stress. And just to write it down and have it there so that w then we can actually help them analyze that to see how they can cope adequately with it or maybe eliminate the stressor if possible. There's different ways of dealing with different stressors that are optimal. Okay, Dr. Nedley, so we've talked about how to identify a stressor, but let me ask you this question. Can stress actually be good for us? Actually, it can be. In fact, studies have shown even cancer patients, a lot of times cancer patients will actually go into recluse when they're diagnosed with an advanced cancer. Okay. And studies have shown if they don't, in other words, if they continue to work, if they continue to have some stress in their life, even relationships, they actually do better than when they go into isolation and try to be stress-free. Wow. And so uh, and that also uh, has been shown the immune system actually is benefited by some stress. And so all of us actually function better with some stress in our life than if we lived a stress-free life. Now, of course, it can get too much, sure. where then it starts to suppress the immune system and cause compromise of the brain and the body. But uh, it's nice to know that actually a certain amount of stress is good for us and we function better physically and mentally and even efficiently in our work. Okay, so there can be stress that's actually good for us. Mm -hmm. And so what we're talking about when we're talking about stress without distress is actually not eliminating stress because it's impossible to eliminate stress. It's impossible to eliminate it, nor would it be good for us if we did. <laughs> and so what we're talking about here is actually learning how to deal with stress or manage stress in a healthful way because there are actually benefits to having some stress in our life and our body reacts well to it. That's correct. Now, 
once you identify the stressor in your life, and, and now we're, 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 we're moving toward maybe an unhealthy stressor, mm-hmm. once you identify that stressor, mm-hmm. and maybe even it's a healthy stressor, mm-hmm. when you identify that, how do you deal with that stressor? Well, there's several ways. Okay. Uh, one way is if it is a bad stressor to see if we can eliminate the stressor. Okay. Uh, it's rarely best to ignore the stressor, but sometimes that is the best coping mechanism depending on the situation. Uh, but often it's good to analyze it to see if that stressor can actually work for us. Okay. There might be, you know, things, stressors that we think are bad, but if we rearrange our schedule in such a way, it can actually empower us and work for us. So that requires a little bit of thinking about the stressor. Okay. And again, to make this real hands-on and practical, let's maybe choose one example that is a stressor that would be best for us to eliminate. What's a stressor that we should eliminate from our life? Well, if it is a bad job, for instance, okay, uh, that is just, there's nothing good about it, uh, we might actually decide to resign from that job. Okay. Uh, okay. I think, I think people are going to get the picture there. And then... Uh, what what kind of stressor might be a stressor that we would be best to ignore? Well, that would be a relationship in maybe a work environment. Okay. That it's probably not our boss, but maybe a workmate that we interface with at times. We don't want to eliminate that person. All <laughs> right. Yes, yes. Yeah, that would cause another great deal of stress in our but life. But yet the job is fulfilling for you. Yep. Uh, and um, in that situation, if there isn't, you know, sometimes it's better to have a sit, a sit down with that person and to actually go over some of the things that are bothering and see if you can resolve it. But if you tried every way to resolve it uh, that you possibly can, sometimes it's better just to ignore the stressor. Okay. And so you've actually covered two in one there. You, uh, we talk about dealing with that stressor. You're going to deal with that stressor first. And if you can't find a resolution, then maybe it's just best to ignore it and move beyond that. Correct. Okay, excellent. Now, what aspects of our life are affected by stress? So I'm having stress. What aspects of my life are being addressed by that stress? What, what, what's being affected in my body by stress? Well, particularly if you're not coping with it, you're going to have some physical symptoms. You might have some, your blood pressure might go up. Uh, You might have some heart tachycardia, the heart rate can go up. Uh, And there's physical symptoms, suppression of the immune system. We already mentioned when you get to the phase of exhaustion, uh, as well as a lot of times gastrointestinal issues. Okay. I'll I'll just mention, uh, Chris, if we were to scrape all of the nerves off of the intestinal tract at surgery, it would weigh four times as much as the entire spinal cord. And so there's quite a brain-gastrointestinal connection. And so we'll see lots of abdominal pain. Um, We'll see, you know, diarrhea. We could see some constipation or irritable bowel where it goes back and forth. And you have this bloating. These symptoms are very common with anxiety and stress that is out of control. Okay, okay. So now in understanding that just many aspects of our life can be affected by stress, and we've talked about some of the immediate ways of coping and and dealing with, ignoring, eliminating, and these different things, 
Are there any long-term strategies of dealing with stress or, or helping our, our bodies deal more effectively with stress? Well, definitely in getting our bodies and our brains in better shape so that we're more resilient is an excellent long-term strategy. Okay, so getting our bodies and our mind in better shape. So let's start there. We've talked about this before, but let's talk a little bit more about physical exercise. Physical exercise. The nice thing about anxiety or stress is the first time you go out and exercise, you'll actually feel better. Depression, we talked about how it takes seven days. Yes. But if you're feeling stressed out, go out and exercise for an hour and you'll come back feeling a lot better about the situation. And so uh, being on a regular exercise program will build your resilience that much more. Okay, and I know I've asked you this before, but what kind of exercise are we talking about? Does somebody need to go start training for a marathon? What kind of exercise is going to help someone start feeling better? I would recommend brisk walking to start out with and then maybe progressing to walk run, you know, where you're running for a minute and then walking for a minute and uh, as you get more fit. Okay, so when we talk about physical exercise, and I know you said this before, anything that helps us get fit, so swimming, bicycling, mountain climbing, uh, mountain biking, or even simple things of just getting up and kind of doing something or getting some movement is going to give us some physical exercise and start helping to relieve that stress. Yes. Okay, now, proper nutrition. You talked about getting fit, so we talk about the physical exercise, mm -hmm. but then there's the aspect of proper nutrition. Yes. Let's talk about that. And again, we could have a multitude of shows on proper nutrition, but let's get some basic overview of what is proper or optimal nutrition for someone. Well, we want to make enough serotonin. Serotonin helps us to cope with stress. Okay. And so in order to do that, we need to get tryptophan in our diet. Okay. And then we need to get light in through the eyes so that our brain can make the serotonin. Okay. So tryptophan into the diet. How do we get more tryptophan in the diet? Uh, that would be through tofu, uh, pumpkin seeds, uh, gluten flour, uh, whole wheat. Uh, these things are very beneficial in getting tryptophan into the brain. Okay, and we've talked about this before. Optimal nutrition comes through a plant-based diet, mm -hmm. and that's going to help us deal with stress. That's right. A high-protein, high-meat diet is actually going to impair our ability for tryptophan to get into the brain hmm. because there's too many competing amino acids and there's not enough carbs in there to get the tryptophan into the brain. And so just switching over to a plant-based diet will lower your stress and anxiety scores by 50% alone uh, starting two weeks after you make that change. And just to make sure, in case someone had their volume turned down, you said 50, five, zero percent. That's right. Increase, uh, or decrease, decrease, rather, in stress and anxiety. In stress and anxiety. By scores. switching to a plant-based diet. Correct. That is amazing. Yeah, that's dramatic. And that's not complicated. It's only a few uh, changes in the diet. Although it may be dramatic for someone, it's something that right now today I could go home and do and switch to a plant-based diet. And even if I'm not ready for plant-based, I've heard this phrase used, a plant-strong diet, where the that's main right. component of my diet is plants. Right. Okay. Now, 
One of the other ways uh, of dealing with stress uh, and that stress can cause problems is the use of legal drugs. What are some of those legal drugs? Well, the legal drugs that are most commonly used for stress and anxiety are the benzodiazepines. Okay. Uh, these are Xanax, lorazepam, those type of drugs. And I'll just tell you, Chris, I hate those drugs. Okay. Because they do make people feel better, less stress. They give them a little buzz. Hey, the stress isn't so bad. But they suppress the frontal lobe of the brain and they are going to make the stress more complicated and then you'll develop a dependency on those drugs. So many of the people that come to me, we're actually finding a way to build up their brain so that they can get off of those medicines and wean off of them and they'll actually do far better in coping with stress without them than they were with them. Now, another legal drug, uh, two legal drugs that are accessible without even a prescription Alcohol and nicotine. Yes. Now, a lot of people use alcohol and nicotine to help deal with stress. Yes. How's that going to work out for someone? Not very well, because again, they're frontal lobe suppressants. Alcohol more so than nicotine. But nicotine also has a subtle suppressant effect on the frontal lobe of the brain. And so these things can kind of make us numb our pain, so to speak. Uh-huh. Uh, but they are going to be causing a lot more pain down the road. And so uh, it's far better to get to the real solution instead of reaching for those type of legal drugs. Okay. <laughs> Stress without distress. Now, we have more on this topic, and it's hard to believe we're out of time, and we'll cover more in our next show on stress without distress. But in summary for today, practical steps that I can take to help deal with stress more effectively and more healthfully I can get out and get some physical exercise. Mm -hmm. I can change my diet mm -hmm. by getting to a plant-strong or a plant-based diet, mm -hmm. increasing my tryptophan levels, and, and we've talked about omega-3s before. Mm -hmm. I can eliminate the usage of legal drugs, legal drugs, meaning mm -hmm. eliminate nicotine, eliminate alcohol. Mm -hmm. If I do those things, what's gonna happen in my life? Well, and also eliminating caffeine. Caffeine actually makes us a lot worse in regards to anxiety. And we'll talk more about caffeine because I think we need to unpack that a little more. Uh, we'll talk more about that in the next show. But we eliminate those things. We add those things and eliminate those last things. How's a person going to feel about their stress and anxiety? They're going to do a lot better. They are going to do a lot better. And that is good news. Simple steps and finding a way out. That's right. You know, Dr. Nedley, as we end the show today, let's pray and ask God to help lift the stress and anxiety from people's life and give them effective tools on how to deal with it. Yes. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we are thankful that life can be made simple through following simple steps to help us deal with stress and anxiety. We place that stress and anxiety in your hands and we know that you can help us through and you can help us deal with it. Give us the strength to make the decisions we need to make. We pray in Jesus' name, amen. everyone. 
today I'm really thrilled to have my good friend Trudy joining me in the Live Healthy Kitchen. Trudy, welcome. Thank you, it's good to be here. Thanks so much. You know, Trudy, today I wanted to talk about how to encourage our kids to eat more vegetables. As a mom, you've been through all that. I know you've got some tips. Tell me some of the things that you did. Well, it wasn't easy, I but I just tried to keep giving them the vegetables, and over time, they got used to seeing it on their plate. Fantastic. And now they're teenagers, and they eat their vegetables. You were telling me a really great story about your son who's just gone to university. Tell the story. It's so good. Well, we were shopping, and I was quite surprised. He asked if he could have a salad spinner. And I was quite surprised. I couldn't believe that he wanted to eat a salad. Uh -huh. And he said, Mom, I can't do without my salad. Love it, Trudy. You did well. You Thank trained you. him well. Fantastic. Well, today I've got a really easy recipe. Um, oftentimes, when we're trying to eat our veggies, it's easier to eat it if there's a nice little dip to go along with it. And a lot of people like hummus. Usually we associate hummus with chickpeas, but today we're gonna to be using zucchini instead of chickpeas. Sounds For good. some people, it's easier to digest. And uh, I know you've got a garden and you, you grow a zucchini. Mm -hmm. A lot of my friends tell me that when they're growing zucchini, they've got to give a whole lot away because they get such a huge yield. I'm here to tell you, hang on to your zucchini. There's so much you can do with it. And one of the things you can do is this lovely savory zucchini hummus. Now this is a recipe that I learned at the Living Lights Culinary Institute in California, where I was learned to be a raw chef. So I'm just sharing it with you all today, but wanted to give them the credit for that. So why don't you to read out the uh, ingredients for me and um, I'll get to work here. So we start with one cup peeled and chopped zucchini. Okay, now the reason why we've peeled the zucchini, normally I wouldn't peel my veggies like that, but we want the, we didn't want the hummus to be a green color, a dark green color, so we just kind of peeled that so it's gonna be a more neutral color. Okay, what else do we have? Three tablespoons of olive oil. All right, so we've got that. Great. One teaspoon of paprika. Okie dokie. Paprika's gonna give it a nice kind of earthy flavor. I'm gonna reserve some to sprinkle on top. Quarter teaspoon ground cumin. Mm-hmm, and cumin again is gonna give it a really nice earthy flavor. Did you know cumin is the most commonly used spice the world over? Everybody in every culture uses cumin. Very interesting. Six tablespoons raw tahini. Okay, we've got our tahini right here. And this particular tahini is uh, a really nice, rich color. I've got about seven teaspoons in here, so I'm not gonna add all of this. We'll see how it goes. But that's gonna give, us a, give it the nice consistency that we need. Okay, what else? Three tablespoons lemon juice. Oh, lemon juice is gonna brighten it up, mm -hmm. give it a little bit of a tang. And keep it fresh. And keep it fresh, mm -hmm. absolutely. So it can stay in the fridge for a few days, yep. Two teaspoons crushed garlic. Okay, I've got garlic right here, and this Vitamix is gonna do all the crushing that we need. Okay, anything One else? One teaspoon of Himalayan crystal salt. Okay, we've got some salt here. And you know, some people ask the question, is Himalayan salt better or the sea salt? And you know what we're finding? Just the fact that our seas are so polluted, our waters are so polluted today, the Himalayan sea salt is maybe a better way to go. Something, something to think about. Nice tip. Pinch of cayenne. A pinch of cayenne. 
just a little bit. Hold on, is it coming out there? Use one of these celery sticks. This is just gonna kick it up a notch, just a little bit, not too much. Okay. So next we've got six tablespoons of sesame seeds. Of sesame seeds. Now you know what I thought? Hemp seeds are just so nutritious for us. So are sesame seeds. But we're using hemp today in this recipe. See how it turns out. Hemp has all those omegas happening. It's got fiber, it's got protein. Really, really wonderful for us. Now, okay. I think that's all the ingredients, right? Looks like it, yeah. Wonderful, okay. Now, we're going to put this in our Vitamix blender. I love the Vitamix. You've heard me say this before, probably. Um, it's a high-speed blender, and it's gonna get everything really nice and creamy. You can use your own regular blender. Just make sure that you know you might have to turn it up a little bit more or use it a little bit longer. But the Vitamix is a really nice way to go. I hope I don't have too much in here to bog it down. If we do, I might add just a little bit of water to thin it out a little bit so it can blend, but let's see. is looking good. And while I'm thinking of it, I want, to th I want to thank Crawford Adventist Academy for providing a lot of the ingredients that uh, I've used in, in some of my recipes here. Uh, that's the Academy store on Finch by Willowdale Church. They have a store there. Go to that store. They've got quite a few things that you might need in your vegetarian, vegan pantry. So we just want to make a shout out to them and thank them. So Trudy, actually, I've got this thing here, but we've got some um, veggies cut up already. What I'm going to do is just pull this to the back here, and we're going to just empty this up. Doesn't it look good? It looks amazing. Yeah, it looks amazing. I hope the cameras can kind of catch that a little bit, but I'm going to just put it in here so the cameras can catch it better. Look at this. Oh, it's looking very, very nice. I hope it's tasting as good as it did the last time I made this. Hold on. And here we have the finished results. There's our hummus. Should we taste one? Yeah. Have a carrot. Absolutely. Taste it and see what you think. Oh, oh, it's nice. It's very nice. Look at this. It's very creamy, and you can have it with anything you want. This is really very nice. If you can't tolerate beans, this is a wonderful way to go. And I actually like it a little bit better than the garbanzo one. Give it a try and enjoy to your health. We'll see you next time. Thanks for being on the show. You're welcome. Depression. There is a way out. I pray that you've been seeing that way out through these programs. Today I'd like to offer you a special introductory DVD that Dr. Nedley has recorded where you'll find additional practical steps of finding the way out and the way from depression. Here's the information you need to receive today's offer. 
To request today's offer, just log on to www.itiswrittencanada.ca. That's www.itiswrittencanada.ca. If you prefer, you may call toll-free at 1-888-CALL-IIW. That's 1-888-CALL-IIW. Or if you wish, you may write to us at It Is Written, Box 2010, Oshawa, Ontario, L1H 7B4. Dr. Nedley, thank you so much for being here with us. It's been great being here. And you will be again with us next week. Yes. Very good. Friend, there is a way out. Jesus says, come unto me and I will give you rest. I pray that you found that rest in him today. Join us again next week. Until then, remember, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God.